Dirty Ugly Wrestling is on the air. This is Dirty Mike. And I am the Big Ugly. And this is the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Big Ugly, we got big news. And I, I, this is a big podcast. Big. Very big. Okay, so we're, we're totally, I mean, usually we have notes, we have, you know, things that we're working off. This is, to, this is uncensored for us. You know what I'm saying? We, we working off the script. We working off the cuff. We working kayfabe. We're doing it all right, right here. Um, but we got to talk about some things. This is a huge podcast, and I, I tell you why. I had, an inter- I, I, I had a chance, and I'm sorry you were not there, but I can't wait for you to hear it. I had a chance to talk to returning EWA pro wrestling superstar and a huge pro wrestling superstar. You got to see this man live. I did. For the first time, I got to see him live at EWA. That's right. Evolution. And the guy was off the chain. First time seeing him. But he is a huge star. He is a huge star. Literally. For real. And uh, he is the weight of the world, Corey Bush. And uh, he is well in excess of 400 pounds. uh, And he is awesome in the ring. And he's an awesome guy behind the scenes as well. So... You know, our podcast, we're going to talk, we're going to do our Dirty Ugly Wrestling thing, and later on in this podcast, we're going to have the weight of the world, Corey Bush. Now, let me ask you something about Corey Bush. Let's Is do it, it true that this guy took a splash off the top of a cage? A he didn't take one, he did it. He did one, off the top. 400 okay. pounds plus, and he goes off the top of the cage. This is legit. All right, so uh, Rage in the Cage, which is EWA Pro Wrestling's all-steeled cage show, which is in January of 2017. We're going to talk about that. Um, But, yes, last year in 2016, it was champion versus champion, title for title. At the time, Corey Bush, you know, bringing up the bad guy kind of thing. And at the time, TJ Sykes, the Prince of Pop Style, whatever he wants to call himself, uh, he was, uh, you know, the good guy in the match, the face, whatever you want to call it. Um, You know, and... Corey Bush took it all out on line. He's going to talk about that during this podcast. He climbed up the ropes. He stood on the top of the ropes near the top of the cage. 400 pounds plus off the top of the cage. And he missed. He missed. But the fact that he did it, the fact that he tried it, that just shows passion. That shows heart. And then one, boom, two, boom, super kicks later. You know I know what that feels like. He was out. Man. So he did that. That, That's crazy. And you can find this. Content not only at EWAMaryland.com and EWA merchandise, but also at CZWstudios.com. CZW had a lot to do with Evolution World War Z, and you were there, Big Ugly. I was there. Um, this was a great, I was about to say pay per view. <laughs> <laughs> well, it well, is. I, I mean, it was, it was a pay per view for me. I paid per view. So you did, <laughs> and we appreciate yeah. that. So, it, I mean, this was a great, a great show, man. Um, it was a double ring. This first time I've ever seen. A double ring. Didn't WCW used to do this? WCW used to do a double ring with War Games. War Games, right. You know, and they had the steel cage, which is something that we at EWA Pro Wrestling would very much like to do. And also, they also had the three ring thing, which was terrible. It was called World War Three or something like that. Yeah. And they had three rings, and then one was kind of here, and then there was one diagonal, and it was three different cameras. It was terrible. Absolutely terrible. They had like a 60-man battle royal. It was was terrible. Sounds like it. (laughs) But what did you, as a fan... Like, sitting there, uh, and I saw where you were sitting, so you had a good vantage point. But, I mean, there's two rings. There's barricades all around. There's seats all around the building. What did you think as, as a fan out there? Um, I thought it was very entertaining. And to speak of war games, I never saw it. So, this was my first time actually witnessing uh, a wrestling show right. with two rings. Double and ring. I thought it worked great. The way some of the wrestlers used it to their advantage. Um, and, and it was great. And, um, you know, uh, uh, 
What am I trying to say here? What are you trying to say? I don't, oh, I don't this know, is what I want to get to. But yeah, that's it. I'm flustered. Here we go. The uh, cruiserweight match. Yes, the magnificent, the yeah. uh, the seven, the, the seven man cruiserweight ladder championship match. The way that those guys use that two, those two rings and the way that they use the ladders, magnificent. That man. stole the show. It, yeah, I mean, definitely. it was a great show, but I yeah. agree that was that yeah. stole the show. That, that had that was my favorite match of the night. Um, it had me on the edge of my seat. I man. Yeah. And the legendary super cruiserweight, Wes Mercer, who we've had on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, uh, he retained his EWA Cruiserweight Championship. And, and before we go much further, uh, we're going to talk about EWA. We're going to talk about WWE. We're going to talk about TNA, Bound for Glory's biggest pay-per-view of the year, which, yeah, whatever. Uh, we're going to talk about that. But we got to talk about this. Dirty Ugly Wrestling has only been around for... What would you say? Six months, maybe? Yeah, about at six the most, months. Yeah, five, six most. months. We started on SoundCloud. We're still there. We're still going to be on SoundCloud. That's not a problem. We have expanded to YouTube. We have been on YouTube with a couple of episodes. What was that other one that we are on? Stitcher. Stitcher. What is Stitcher? So Stitcher is like another... Di- it's pretty much just like a uh, SoundCloud. Mm. And we're also on TuneIn Radio as well. TuneIn Radio. Yes. So you can find us. But the big one. The big one. That we're on now. This is a big podcast. The big one is iTunes now. We are now on iTunes. Wow. that's And we're going to talk about that. We're going to share that every time uh, at Dirty Ugly Wrestling on Facebook, DirtyUglyWrestling at gmail.com. So on iTunes, subscribe. Subscribe on that on iTunes, and you will get every Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast as soon as it is uploaded, and it'll go right to your iTunes, it'll go right to your iPad, it'll go right to your iPod. It's Apple, baby. I mean, we're putting them over, but we're putting them over because we're on there. Yes, we we, we have investment in this now, so we can put them over. <laughs> That's right. And it, I just I just downloaded, I just looked up on my iTunes, and I subscribed to Dirty Ugly Wrestling. We got all the archived episodes, so that means you got all of the interviews about everything that we have been talking about, WWA, about TNA, about NXT, about UFC, and we have... All of the archived interviews from everything with EWA Pro Wrestling, all the interviews we planned, all the ones we didn't quite plan, um, we, we posted them all, and they're up there. How do, you, I do, how do you feel about this? We have only been doing this for a little bit, and look what we've done. Right, and I mean, we're, and we're still growing. We haven't even reached our max potential, so this gets me really excited. I'm pumped, man. I'm, re- I'm really pumped, yeah. Uh, iTunes is a big platform for iTunes yeah. is a huge platform, and thank you to the Big Ugly for uh, getting us out there, you know, uh, uploading the content. He's the technical man behind the scenes. Um, you know, I'm the mouth of EWA, apparently. I'm the mouth of, uh, you know, Dirty Ugly Wrestling, but we do it all. We, we do it as a team. We're a team effort, T-E-A-M. So that's awesome. iTunes, check it out. Um, let's go back, uh, and uh, we're going to bounce around this, what we do. Tangents. Tangents, man. Uh, let's talk about this. Um, Conor McGregor, he just had, I just saw it on uh, Facebook. I was looking it up, and I was scrolling through, and I saw Conor McGregor, and there was some kind of press conference about the New York uh, November 5th, um, and uh, his opponent for November, and I, I, the name is escaping me. It's, uh, who is his opponent? You know what? I'm going to have to find it while we're talking about it. This guy, I know, I know the guy. All right. It's, uh, because he recently beat Anthony Pettis. Yes. Um, like, that was a couple months ago. Anthony Pettis has fought again since him. That's right. But, um, I do remember him beating him, and I forget, he is a popular star, but I just can't think. The only person coming to mind right now is Jose Aldo, and I know it's not Jose Aldo. It's not Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo. And it's not Frankie Edgar. 
But I cannot think of this guy right now. Damn it. It's, it's I'm looking really it up on Wikipedia me. and Google. I'm right. trying to. Hold on. And while you continue to look you, that you up. You do that. Tell I'm me. I'm going to continue Cummings. to think about it. Cummings? No. No. That is not him. Damn it. That is not him. I'll, I'll go ahead. All right. So, all right. While you're looking that up, can I, can I segue tangent you real of quick to course, wrestling? You, of course, can. Let's talk about wrestling on the Dirty, Ugly Wrestling so Podcast. So, I'm going to just plug some new wrestling news that we just recently came in while you look for Connor's opponent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, uh, you know, do you remember the girl that won um, the Tough Enough, Sarah Lee? Do you remember her? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sarah Lee. I do Sarah remember Lee. her. Yeah, she, she was supposed she, to go to NXT. Right. And, yeah. and all that. Yeah, well, yeah. she's gone. They what? released her. What? Yeah. <laughs> they released her. But they, they got Mandy, the chick who won in second place. She's all over NXT now. Right. So now they got Mandy, who they immediately put on Total Divas. So you know she's kind of good. If you're on that Total Divas show, you're you're pretty much in the clear. That's right. Yeah, she yeah. was on that last Because look at Cameron. As soon as they took uh, Cameron off, you know, wasn't too long, and she got the boots. That's so. a damn shame. Well, she, Cameron. she chose to leave Total Divas. She actually did. I don't know why... Well, I mean, well, she she wanted to get back into doing her wrestling, thing and then right. wrestling, and then now she's got this gimmick that's really over, like this neon lighting. Uh, that's her. No, Cameron. that's no. Naomi. Damn it! I'm talking about Cameron. Damn it! Oh, Cameron! Oh, the other chick. Right, because she's gone. They let her she's go. She's gone right. too. No, Naomi's got the bang ass engine. She is awesome. Yes. I'm part of my language. I'm li- I'm li- but it's bomb. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm liking her. So anyway, Sarah Lee I'm is gone. Too excited about this iTunes right? things. I'm all confused. No, okay. you're fine. Go ahead. I got flustered early. It's cool. So, <laughs> so here's the thing. Sarah Lee is gone. Now, you have Mandy, but she's not a winner. So, but the other guy is still there that won, the Yeti, Josh. Yes, Josh. So, and he's the one that ticked everybody off in the beginning by uh, putting stuff up on social media, and then Kevin Owens fought him back, and then he, he just bar- basically buried himself initially. What? When did this happen? He did that initially when he first came into NXT, and he did something. He put something on Twitter, and he buried himself. Um, you know, something about respect for the locker room or something like that. But he basically buried himself, and then he was off for a while, but then he got back on. Now he's back in NXT training. Okay. But he hasn't had a match yet, right? Not, as far as I know, not on television. Maybe he's done live events. Right. Okay. Because, I mean, this is really going to be the test to find out if Tough Enough actually works. Because what what Tough Enough winner has ever actually lasted in the WWE? Winner. Winner, yeah. Mm. I mean, you know, a couple people lasted a while. Miz was on tough enough, but he didn't win, and and he didn't. Uh, he made it kind of far. I can't remember, but he, he was on tough enough, right? And then now he's the Miz, and I think he's awesome. Yeah, like, and, it's very true, right? And, and the funny thing is, is like that seems to be how it goes. Is that the people that don't win, that kind of just stand out during the show, they're the ones that end up getting the spots, like the Miz, right? Like, uh, do you remember? Do you remember their announcer that they used to have, Josh? Yeah, Josh Matthews. Yeah, Josh Matthews. He was on Tough Enough. He was on Tough Enough. Then, he was yeah. in WWE for a while, being an yeah, announcer. Yeah, announcer. Right. And now he's actually on TNA. He's he is their lead announcer. Yeah, I like Josh Matthews. I was shocked that he was a part of people that got released. He's um, all right. I, I, I try to listen to him on TNA commentary. He's okay. Him and the Pope they have a weird chemistry. The Pope uh, is the other uh, color commentator, yeah. and I don't mean that in a bad way. He's yeah. a color commentator. I love the Pope, by the way. Pope is awesome. But he, uh, yeah, I, I liked Josh Matthews when he was here. He did a good job. Right. Yeah. So I'm I'm interested to see what happens with the Yeti. Did you find yeah. Conor McGregor's? I found it. It's right. Eddie Alvarez. Oh my gosh! How did we you. not forget right. it? We were talking about Diaz and everything like that. Yeah, Eddie Alvarez. Thank you. Yeah, there was this uh, 10 minutes. Like, uh, I mean, it was a clip for 10 minutes. It was a longer press conference. But, I mean, Connor was just talking his smack. And, I mean, he was getting trying to get beat down by other people as far as words go. But uh, Connor just had a comeback for every single thing. Basically, the biggest thing was that Eddie Alvarez said, you know, Conor McGregor, you're the easiest dude in this decision, that uh, this division. That's why you got this match. Conor could basically walk away with two championships 
in this match because this is a different weight division for him. So he could walk away with two titles. Um, so, I, uh, all right. So, who do you think? Is, I, I'm personally taking Connor on this match. I think that Connor can beat Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez is a great fighter, but uh, I mean, Connor's on fire. I mean, Connor's on fire, but you know, Connor can get knocked down uh, real quick too. So you, you never know. Connor can get knocked down real quick. You know, uh, Ronda Rousey got knocked down real quick. Hopefully, she comes back sometime in the near future. December, I think. Possibly. Is, is she? And who's she going to fight? You know, that's up in the air, too. Now, I would love to see a different fight. I don't want to see her fight home. Uh, I, I don't know. It, fighting home now wouldn't mean anything. It doesn't if, mean if anything. If home still had the championship, then I would say, sure, why not? But fighting home now, it's like, say she comes back and beats home. It's like, okay, so you can beat home, you know, moving on. But if she comes back and she loses the home again, that, so pretty much my point is Ronda Rousey has the most to lose in the indoor exactly. rematch with home. Because if she wins, it's not going to really do much for her reputation. If she loses, she loses, and she doesn't even lose to a champion. She loses right. to somebody that's just recently gotten beat twice, right? Tw- twice. Yeah, yeah twice like, at least. Home has lost her last two matches, I believe. That's right. So, um, so it just wouldn't be a good look. She doesn't need to fight Misha Tate. If they want to put money, I'd say they put her back in a title uh, title contention. It might not go over well with some of the other women who You don't probably... think she should earn her way back in? No, you got to put Ronda Rousey at the top, man. She's a draw. I mean, when it comes down to business and money, she's a draw. You put her Fair back enough. You put her back in a title match, in a title picture. And that's a business. See, see, you know, right. That's a good business. See, see if she can get the belt back from uh, the new girl who I forget her name. What's her name? Nunez? Uh, I don't Nunez? Know yeah, yeah. I don't know her name. So, <laughs> yeah, I was just upset she beat Misha Tate. So, yeah. But, um, but yeah, so you do that. Tell me this about Connor, though. Connor Is Connor moving up in, in weight, or is he moving down for this? I think he's moving back down, because I think he was fighting out of his weight class, and he was trying to bulk up, if I remember correctly. Uh, so, I, I mean, I could be wrong. I know he's going a different direction, because I know he was fighting way out of his weight class at yeah, one definitely point in time. with Nate Diaz, yeah. Yeah, with Nate Diaz. So, I think that him moving down is definitely going to help him. Connor is better. He's a better fighter when he's lighter. Um, that's absolutely that's, that's true. Just, yeah, that's just his natural state. So I think, you know, that just increases his chances of, you know, winning against Eddie Alvarez, who, like I said, great fighter. But um, I actually I actually want Connor to win. I like it. I like it when certain people come up and they just are that dominant force in the sport, you know, kind of like, you know, you see your Muhammad Ali's and Mike Tyson's. So absolutely. I like that this is kind of the Connor McGregor era where he's just dominating these different weight classes. It's pretty cool to see. I'm excited. We kind of had John Jones doing that, but, I mean, Jones is just kind of messed up. So he's, he's old news. <laughs> I, I, I feel you on that one. And, then, you know, he got that whole story about, you know, always oh, suspended, he's out. You know, he's, you know, I don't want to hear about that anymore. I want to see fighting. I want to see people fighting, and whether it lasts two minutes or, or five rounds, I want to see fighting. And I'm excited to see it. It should be some good fighting coming up in November, December, UFC. Absolutely. UFC. We're going to jump around again. Uh, by the way, do not forget, uh, later on in this podcast, we are going to play my exclusive interview with one-on-one with the weight of the world, Corey Bush. And we're going to play that right here on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, which is now on iTunes, along with other uh, many other places, including SoundCloud, where we started. And when you say exclusive, it really is exclusive because I, the big ugly, wasn't even there. Dude. So I'm waiting to hear it. I'm excited to hear it. Absolutely. So. And you were not there, and I do apologize about that. But this man, you know, has a busy schedule. You know, there he's very uh, very much wanted in the world of 
in professional wrestling. He gets uh, definitely gets around, and he'll talk about that. He gets around different companies, different championships, and uh, we'll find out how to find Corey Bush. Yeah. Dude, can I ask you something? You can ask tangent. whatever right. tangent you want. So, I was I was listening to something, right? I think it was a podcast. You guys know I love podcasts. So, they're talking about independent wrestling promotions, right? Yeah. Now, they were saying, Chris, I think it was Chris Jericho. He was talking about how when he was wrestling on the indies when he was younger, one of the things that indie, that the indie wrestling promotion that he worked for would do is that during the, uh, I guess it's, uh, what do you call that? Like the recess? the when Intermission. Up, intermission. There we go. Thank you. So <laughs> during the intermission, you know, they the promoter would have the, the superstars come out to, you know, sign autographs and do things like that. Right. Now, he had a complaint about that and felt like as a superstar, he shouldn't have to go out and do those things. You know, it should be like, you know, I'm the superstar. I stay backstage. You know, you you don't see me unless you see me going to my car. You know what I mean? Do, what do you think about that? Do you think that that's? Do you think that it's okay to do those things? Or do you feel his sentiment? In which I see it both ways. I mean, okay. depending on how big of a name you are in the sport and how big of a name you are. I mean, and and also how you are in the storyline. I mean, if you're uh, if you're a face, you should be out there signing autographs. I mean, yeah, you should be putting out merchandise. You should be shaking hands, kissing babies, doing whatever you can to get yourself out there. If you're a heel, I don't think they should see you at all. Um, I think you should be backstage. I think you should be implementing yourself when you should. Now, his point, um, being the superstar status, all right, look at it this way. I, you know, the weight of the world, Corey Bush, huge independent superstar, and I mean huge, like in a big way physically. But you know what I'm saying? Heel face, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, he is on the independent circuit. When you're on the independent circuit and you haven't made it to the next level yet, if you're trying to make it to the next level, you got to get yourself out there. You got to find a way to get yourself out there. Um, so if you're, if you have gotten out there and you're up there and you're coming back to independent wrestling to do whatever, if you're working side gigs or if you're coming back on the down end of your career, I think you need to do it. Maybe you charge a little money at that point in time. I know it's a business. So, I mean, you know, Cal Ripken. He wouldn't, I mean, sometimes he signs things for free. Well, I mean, but Cal Ripken, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's not going to sign memorabilia or merchandise for free. He's going to sell it. And, you know, you make a name off of that. You make money off that. So I, I see both sides of it. I think independent professional wrestlers, workers, whatever, should be out there making a name for themselves. And whether you're a heel or a face, doing what you can to do that. And I think coming out there in intermission is one of those big things. I got you. And it's an independent wrestling feel. Like, at, at a WWE show, you're not going to walk around intermission and see guy, you know, shouldn't see WWE workers, like, hanging out at the snack bar or selling concessions on the side of the table. <clears throat> They're going to have WWE people selling their merchandise and the arena people selling the uh, concessions. Independent show, you get a different feel. You get that up-close and personal feel. I like that. That's a great thing to walk around and see. Hey, man, there's Jason, Gray, Jason, Jason Drake, who's been on our podcast with Ms. Rizzo. They're over there. Hey, man, Apollo Crews is over there. The real Apollo Crews with the Z. He's over there. You know, and even now, your boy, Desert Storm, the Chapstick, you know, Apollo Crews as well. You can see these guys. That's cool. Right. I think that, and I, I completely agree. That was my point of view was I think that, the fans appreciate that a lot more because they still respect these guys for what they're doing and as stars. And it's like, it's cooler to go to these independent wrestling shows because you know, you could get that chance to meet these people, take pictures, sign autographs, right. you know, buy merch. And actually you're not just buying, 
merch and like you'll never see John Cena. You know, it's like right. you, you could be buying merch. You can't you, see him. Right. It's like, yeah, you, yeah, you really can't <laughs> I, see I him. I just waved my yeah. hand in front of my uh, face. You yeah. can't see me. You said sorry. Me. Yeah, yeah, I set myself up for that. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're good. You're good. So, but you know, you can buy merch. You can actually see Jason Drake shake his hand. So I think that the fans appreciate it. I think it's a, a cool thing. I do agree about the heel part, though. I mean, if yeah. you're a heel. If you're a heel, you shouldn't be out there kissing babies and shaking hands. You should be, you know, and now sometimes a heel will come out and try to attack a face during intermission to make it more reality. I I like that. I don't mind that. I think that's cool. That's cool. Hey, by the way, you mentioned this, and I'm going to put this over because this was awesome. Chris Jericho's Talk is Jericho podcast. There's a lot of fantastic podcasts that Jericho has done over the years, Um, but uh, two years he's been doing this, I think. But we just talked about this offline. Brooklyn Brawler, Steve Lombardi. That is a fantastic Talk is Jericho podcast. Yeah, and I, I text you about that. I believe it was on Friday after yeah. I listened to it. I'm sitting at work. I can barely concentrate because <laughs> I'm I'm listening to this guy's podcast. And I mean, it was just great. Steve Lombardi, the Brooklyn Brawler, has so many stories. We're talking about a guy that's been in the business ever since Bruno San Martino wrestled. That's, that's and right. And he wrestled matches against Bruno. You know, he's been in the business for over 30 years. Worked with WWE for most of that. It's like 27 years, I think. At he was least. WWE, right. So, um, just, I mean, he's got stories about Ultimate Warrior. He wrote with Paul Hogan for like two years, like traveled with him. Worked with so, Bret Hart, worked right. with The Rock, worked with Stone Cold, yeah. all these guys. First match with The Rock. Yeah. Rock's first match was Brooklyn Brawler. That's right, Rocky right. Mayavia. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was a great podcast, bro. And, and I got to put that over. I mean, you listen to the Steve Austin podcast, regular or unleashed. That's fantastic. You know, you got Jim Ross out there with the Jim Ross uh, podcast. Um, that's great. Talk is Jericho. That's one of my favorite podcasts. I think Talk is Jericho is my favorite podcast. If I had a rate between, uh, we quote Austin a lot, right? We do. But but I still think that Jericho puts on uh, the best podcast. No no knock to Steve. Steve is no, great. We but, love Steve because yeah. we, we, we uh, you know, yeah. take his stuff all the time. But you, but, know, you know what? You know what it is? Jericho is a journalism uh, major, yes. so it makes sense as to why he does great interviews and, and podcasts. So. Absolutely, but I do love uh, and I do love that he does put on a great podcast. But I do love Steve Austin talking to his wife for an hour about the four hundred and eighty three dollar podcast. You got to check this out. Uh, you know, he's talking about his day where he uh, got his car towed in the middle of Los Angeles, California. Uh, you know, uh, it's funny. You got to check it out. We love podcasts and we love the Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast. And now on iTunes, I'm going to keep putting that over. You got to man. We're I mean, on if iTunes. you're not listening yeah. to it on itunes right yeah. now you could be but you could yeah. be listening on soundcloud or youtube or stitch it stitcher stitcher there Man. we go sorry yeah. i apologize yeah. hey look we're going off on tangents i want to take a small break because we want to break up this a uh, little bit but don't forget uh we're going to come right back but the weight of the world Corey bush is coming up later my exclusive interview with ewa pro wrestling superstar the weight of the world Corey bush let's take a small break small break and coming back yeah This is Dirty Mike, a.k.a. Mikey D, the voice of Maryland, and I'd like to invite you to the Pain Factory EWA Pro Wrestling Training Facility, 1113 North Point Road in Dundalk, Maryland, for free tryouts to be in the pro wrestling business. We also have pro wrestling birthday parties for all ages. For all that and more EWA Pro Wrestling info, contact us at 443-858-2755. Find us, like us, follow us, and join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and EWAMaryland.com. We are back we're on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, and now I'm guessing we're about to actually talk some wrestling. Yeah, we've been talking wrestling. We've been going off on tangents. That's what we're doing. Don't forget the weight of the world, Corey Bush. The interview with him is later on in this podcast, so please listen to the whole thing. We appreciate it. Please like it. Please follow it. Please subscribe now on iTunes. You can also uh, like it and follow it on SoundCloud, and also uh, when we put them up on uh 
what is it? YouTube and also Stitcher. 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 Yeah. That's right. And yeah. also email us at dirtyuglywrestling at gmail.com. So we're going to talk about Clash of Champions. Uh, WWE's Raw pay-per-view. First Raw pay-per-view. Um, not bad. I mean, we got a couple of things. I'm just going to go over some basic things. Nia Jax uh, defeated Alicia Fox. Nia Jax is a beast. They're going to be pushing her big time in the women's division. Love Alicia Fox, though. Yeah. I missed that one. It was on the pre-show, right? It was on the pre-show. I it heard was, it was I heard it was pretty good. It was pretty good, actually. Uh, Alicia Fox can work her uh, you-know-what off. Mm-hmm. So the New Day, Big E and Kofi with Xavier on the outside, uh, took on Luke Gallows and Carl uh, Anderson, the uh, Bullet Club or the Club or whatever you want to call them. Now, this is a decent match. Um, New Day retained. New Day is now 400 days plus tag team champions. Now, they had a match um, on the next night on Raw, a rematch for the tag team championship. That match was, in my opinion, overall better than the one on the pay-per-view. The one on the pay-per-view was good, but the one on Raw was better. I agree. Um, are are they trying? I guess they might end up holding the tag belts for the longest because they still haven't beat the longest reign of tag champs. Ever. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think they talked about the longest reign being uh, Brian Kendrick and Paul London. I think right, um, and that's over five hundred days or something. Like okay, that. All right. so I I would think that they're going to try to put them out on that. Yeah, match wise, I have to agree. The Monday Night Raw match was better. Um, as far as this uh, story goes and a feud between these two, I'm kind of ready for it to end. I'm, I'm over it. Yeah. Uh, it needs to go on. Yeah. You know, they need to find some new things for uh, the club to do, uh, which they can be a dominating tag team, whether in the title contention yeah. or not. Don't matter. But the New Day, love them. Well, the thing, I did, the thing that I think kind of blew this, this uh, feud for me is New Day is kind of a comedy gimmick, mostly. Um, and Luke, and Luke, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson were a more serious team. And but they tried to turn them into a comedy gimmick as well. Oh yeah, with and, the whole right. like testicular. Yeah, exactly. Thing. And so I, I just didn't like that. I was like, you know, they should have just kept them as a serious hill team. You know, that was like getting tired of these comedy guys. You know, and, and just trying to take the belt from them. But you know, they they chose to kind of turn them comical too. And, and that's kind of where they like went it. on Monday Night Raw. You know, there was a little bit of comedy, a little bit of shtick, but it was a, a good physical hard-hitting match. Right, and that's what it should be. So hopefully uh, New Day keeps retaining because I love New yeah. Day. New Day rocks. And, and hopefully even when this feud is done that Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson don't fizzle off because I think they're a great team and they still have a lot to offer. I think so as well. Talking about teams, um, they're going to have uh, a new tag team. It's probably on uh, Monday Night Raw as we speak, Cesaro and Sheamus, when their best of seven series, that match stole the show for me, honestly, at Clash of Champions. Cesaro and Sheamus and their best of seven, and it went to a draw, basically, because uh, they couldn't compete anymore. One of them couldn't compete anymore, and it was a fantastic match. And then the next night on Raw, Mick Foley announced that he was going to put them together as a tag team. Right. Now, let me say this about the match. Fantastic match. I think you're right. It was hard for anyone to follow that match. Cesaro took this crazy bump when he rolled out the ring. Yes. I I was watching with a few people. We were all legitimately concerned because when you see the ref check on a man, he wasn't home for a minute, man. You can see his eyes open, but... Luckily, (laughs) his body is built like a brick, you know what, because uh, if he wasn't built like that, he would have been dead. Yeah. Uh, when he landed, that was sick. I mean, you know, we've seen Brock Lesnar do like a, you know, inverted moonsault or inverted shooting star press or whatever and land on his face, you know, on his neck like that. But Cesar, oh, my God, full yeah. speed ahead. Right, full speed. He pretty much landed on his neck. He kind of pushed Sheamus. Sheamus didn't really catch him because he kind of fell back. Right. And the guy, he just like lands on his neck and head. It was just like, oh, man. He got up and so, kept going. Yeah, which, which, which ironically worked perfectly because – Cesaro, supposedly, his arm 
was hurt. So, like, you know, he was trying to wrestle with one arm. And it's like, it made it believable because it's like, if he fell on his neck like that, you could actually lose feeling you, in your arm. So it made it made it pretty much believable. <laughs> but he came back out the next night. He was walking. He was wrestling. It's good. So uh, luckily, no delayed after effects of that, at least not right now. So can, great can, match. Can I go on a tangent? Tangent. Do it. Do you think that tape actually helps, man? Because my man is taped up from arms down to back, down, up to neck. Every time he comes out, he has more he tape on more, more areas. On. And, and, and I'm thinking to myself, like, there's no possible way that tape is helping you. Like, <laughs> I don't honestly know. I mean, I asked about that tape. Apparently, it does make a difference. But, I mean, he's coming out with more tape and more tape. He's becoming the bionic man, honestly. Right. Um, so, I don't know. I hope it does help him. I don't know. I don't know much about that tape, you know, but apparently it's supposed to do exactly what he's supposed to keep right. things tight, supposed to keep things from going out of whack. Um, it is what it is. It, uh, I, so, I have no idea. But, hey, let's talk about the cruiserweights for a minute. Um, cruiserweight division, I, I'm pretty excited. The fans probably haven't bought in 100% yet. Because um, they're not used to it. You know, some of the fans that watched the Cruiserweight Classic, which was fantastic, and some people that watch MX- NXT, some people that have seen the Cruiserweights in the past. Uh, I'm a fan. Uh, I love TJ Perkins. He's got this 8-bit Nintendo kind of theme music entrance, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, TJ Perkins is fantastic, but there's a lot of guys in there, like, uh, you know, Cedric Alexander, and also uh, from uh, from Maryland, you know, you got the, the boy. Oh, God, I can't remember his name. Good Lord. He's from Maryland. Um... Yeah, I yeah, know what I'm talking I, about. Good I, Lord. The other yeah. guy. Wait, was it, uh, was he the one, he had a match on Raw, the tag team match? He did. Why am I, I'm um, blanking on his name. He was the one that was dancing, right? Like his yes. entrance is like a dance. I'm yeah. sure I'm going to remember it. I'm not as familiar with all of the uh, cruiserweights, but I know exactly who you're talking about because they put on a good match, that tag team match on Raw. Um, as far as that actual cruiserweight match between uh, Perkins and Kendrick's, I thought it was decent. I bought into this cruiserweight. I love that they're Good. keeping it separate. I love that, you know, they even changed the ropes before they come out. It, it's like its own division. So it's like you have Raw, you have SmackDown, and then you have the cruiserweight division. And yeah. I like that they're keeping it separate. Um, I think that this is good. You know, they're not making it where you, you have things that aren't fitting. Like you have, you take a Kalisto and then you give him a few with Ryback, which to me just <laughs> doesn't work realistically. But when you have a cruiserweight division like this, you're pretty much making it almost like we talk about with MMA. Right. Where it's like you have certain weight classes and, you know, you just fight the people in those weight classes. Exactly. And it makes it an even match. And you don't look at it like, ah, oh, this is weird. Kalisto could never beat Ryback, you know. And that's exactly what's happening here. All the guys are fighting each other. And that's that's good. And that's exactly what they should be. Um, I am looking at this right now. I am sure that I'm getting heat right now for not being able to know this guy's name and I know him personally. He's from Baltimore and I'm really blanking on it. So I'm, I'm going to WWE.com yeah. right now. It's but like, there's a lot of guys in there including the Brian Kendrick. Right. And full disclosure here, man, we've just been shooting a breeze. We are not prepared for this at all. <laughs> we took no notes. We had no agenda set. We were just like, we're just going to let put the recorder on and talk. So, you know, we, 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 we just not prepared. So full disclosure, the only thing we're waiting for is to get to the Corey Bush interview. And we are getting there. And we are going to get there. So, yeah. So, why you find him? Um, but just to reiterate, Cruiserweight Division, I'm, I'm feeling it. Um, Good. I'm feeling it, too. I love it. Yeah, I heard. They changed uh, the ropes. They changed the, uh, you know, they're changing everything in there. I love it. It's fantastic. Yeah, and it's good to see real Cruiserweight uh, competition coming back. Because, I mean, besides Lucha, you didn't really have anywhere you could find it. Because even when you had, you know, people like Sin Cara and 
And Kalisto, they really didn't have anybody to work with where they could put on those real cruiserweight-style matches, but now you do. Um, yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, and and we've been missing that for a while. That's one thing that I'm glad that Raw has because um, Raw is three hours long. Raw needs something like that. That's fantastic. Yes, something to break up. Yes, the monotony of just the bigger, the bigger stars. Right. So, absolutely. Who came after that cruiserweight? What? Oh, that match from. Uh, oh, uh, well, I know we had a couple of different matches. Let's just go right to the end. Um, we had uh, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins for the WWE Universal Championship. Um, that was a decent match uh, overall in itself. Kevin Owens came out as the champion. Um, it looks like they're doing this thing where Triple H is kind of pulling the strings from behind the scenes with Stephanie and all that China. They said Chris Jericho out there, which is Chris Jericho being in the main event, which was kind of weird. Yeah. Know? Uh, yeah, that was that was weird, but I guess you gotta go with storyline. It's like if there's anybody that's going to help Kevin Owens, it would be Jericho because that's his his best. That's friend. his best friend, and you know Jericho did wrestle uh, early on in the night, I believe, as well. Um, we'll yeah. get to that. Rich Swan, damn it! Why could I not remember that? That is that Rich is the man. Swan. He's okay. from Baltimore, Maryland. How did I not remember that? Good so, lord. Yeah. That, that makes me an automatic fan. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, we know your boy Eli Drake, Drake is yes, also from, uh, exactly. He's from TNA. Hagerstown, so that's right. Yeah, but from Maryland, so he's representing. Yeah. Oh boy, but yeah, we had uh, the, the championship match was good, and then they've had uh, some more uh, going up for the title, and now I believe uh, I don't think Roman Reigns is in that picture yet. I think it's uh, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, and Roman Reigns may be in that picture. I gotta uh, check out exactly. What Clash of Ch- uh, Not no, not Clash of Champions, but for the next one coming up, Hell in the Cell. Oh right, yeah. I think it's actually probably going to be Roman Reigns and Rusev again. Which I'm kind yeah, of kind of over that too. Oh yeah, because Reigns won. Did he win the title at Clash of Champions? He did. Right? Yeah. He won the U.S. Championship. Yeah. That's another thing that we kind of didn't skip over, yeah, but we, we're going on yeah. tangents. Yeah, he we did are. win the U.S. Championship, and it was decent. Um, there was a rematch the next night on Raw, which went way too long. Um, <laughs> three segments, which was I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not a fan. We've already seen so many matches between these guys that yeah. at this point it's like you you've got to cut it. Like it, it's it's done. <laughs> We're, really we're, we're over it. You know, they get, they put the title. Reigns has the title now. And let him, you know, enter into a feud with somebody else. You know, let's segue out of this out of this feud. Right. Chris Jericho actually fought Sami Zayn earlier in the night. Ah, yeah. That and, was a pretty uh, decent match. Yeah. Chris Jericho won. A very decent match. Uh, Sami Zayn's kind of getting n- no real story right now after this Kevin Owens thing is done. But uh, he's a good worker. He's a good hand. And they, they can pretty much put him in anywhere. So uh, if they got a story for him, I think it'll, it'll follow through. Yeah. I mean, he had such an intense story with Kevin Owens, and the, and the story just seems so real. Um, I, I think it's okay that he doesn't have anything right now. He's such a good worker that he'll continue to put on matches. Yeah. But I don't think he's a guy where it's like if they're not giving him something, it means the company's going to forget about him. No. They're, they're just kind of holding him back right now. Kind of like we talked about Braun Strowman. How Braun Strowman. They, they were just, they're just giving him enhancement guys just until they're ready to put him somewhere. So I, I look at Sami Zayn the same way. And Absolutely. right now, it's, it's better to put over Chris Jericho since he's kind of semi-main event, considering he's always involved with the champ right now. So yeah, and I, I don't mind Chris Jericho in any main event storyline because he's he's a he is he can talk, he can work his ass off. Pardon my language, but he, he's good. I, I have no problem with him whatsoever. Yeah. Um, by the way, 
WWE No Mercy is coming up. Uh, that is a SmackDown-only pay-per-view, which I'm looking at the poster, and the Miz and Maurice is on the poster, so mainlining, whether they're main eventing or not, is uh, beyond me. Yeah. But, but it just goes to show that the Miz is back up there, man. He's back in the top. Um, it took him a while to get back you know, to that kind of upper mid-card to main event status. But he's opened he, himself up. Yeah, he's definitely opened himself up. Have Maurice with him has been a great addition. Man, let me say something. Yeah, he did do it. I don't like that there's almost a pay-per-view like every two weeks. Uh, yeah, it's been like every two weeks, and now there's going to be a difference between uh, No Mercy, which is this upcoming Sunday, and then Three Weeks Till Hell in a Cell, which is a Raw-only pay-per-view, which right now, uh, I believe, as we're talking about this podcast, it will be Roman Reigns and Rusev in the cell for the United States Championship. So, uh, U.S. title in the cell, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. And the other thing I don't know... Don't they better not have another match before we get to Hell in a Cell? Okay? <laughs> They're probably having a match right now on Monday Night Raw. Right. I do not want to see them having another match before they get to the cell, man. Mm. Seriously, I mean, I like them both individually, yeah. and I think they both have strengths. Yeah. But get them off each other for real. right, and, or, or just build up that anticipation where we actually want to see them fight again. You know what I mean? Build up some suspense to be like, oh, we kind of want to see these guys kill each other in the cell. But right now, no more matches no. Right, between these two. Absolutely. I don't want to see that. Well, I will tell you this, though. Um, this was interesting. Uh, at a live event, WWE, Randy Orton uh, actually was at the live event, but we didn't know Brock Lesnar was going to be there. In Chicago, uh, you know, Brock Lesnar's music hit. Brock Lesnar came out with Paul Heyman, and then they ended up having a, uh, a street fight, no-holds-barred match with Randy Orton. And Brock Lesnar won legitimately over Randy Orton. So I know Brock's trying to want to get in the picture, and this is on the SmackDown side. Don't know when, but I, I want to see Brock. Come back soon. I love Brock. Yeah, we're definitely going to see Brock come back. And you know, in the last podcast, I talked about Brock and Braun being a good matchup. But now you just made me remember that that can't even happen because... Right now it can't happen. But when you have the interpromotional pay-per-views like Survivor Series, Royal Rumble... It could happen. All right. It could happen. You're giving me hope again. This is good. Uh, By the way, the Royal Rumble. We're going off on every tangent here on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. We are not prepared. We're talking about whatever. Hey, you know, and this is where we're... We're not right. We're not wrong. We're, We're just, just fans. fans. And this is what fans do. Wrestling fans do. Next time we will be more prepared. But you know what? I like this. This is what we I do. I like this. Sometimes you just shoot the read. When you're just a fan. It's a shoot. Right. You're just shooting, man. That's it. <laughs> and Corey Bush is coming up very yes. soon on this podcast. The Weight of the World. EWA Pro Wrestling. Corey Bush interview coming up. Um, by the way. All right, so Royal Rumble in the Alamo Dome coming up in 2017. Where is that? For the first time in 20 years. It is in Texas. All right. It is, uh, I should have known that. It, well, yeah, that's yeah, right. Alamo. It's yeah. going to be like, that is a pay-per-view. That is a WrestleMania-worthy building. Now, they did 60,000 people in 1997 when Stone Cold Steve Austin won the uh, Royal Rumble. And uh, Shawn Michaels faced Sid in the main event. Psycho Sid. So, can the Royal Rumble pull 60,000 people? Absolutely, without uh, a doubt. Okay, can it do it? I mean, I think it. I think it can. Um, you know, WrestleMania pulled a hundred thousand. It's been pulling eighty thousand every year. So, um, I mean, it's one of the it's one of the big four. Um, it's probably one of the more popular ones. Uh, I personally prefer Royal Rumble to SummerSlam or Survivor Series. Now, I, I hear you. I, I like the Royal Rumble. I love the concept. But they have WWE has been. Ticking off the WWE universe every single year with the winner of the Royal Rumble for the at least the past three or four years. That's true. So, what do they do? They have to cater to the fans this time, right? They have to put. You cannot have sixty thousand people booing you out of the building. Absolutely, yeah. You, de- you I can't mean, do this, right? You definitely can't because it happened two years in a row. The first time with 
Batista. Batista. Oh, yeah. Batista. Yeah. And wait, who won Who won this year? Roman Reigns won a couple years ago. and Roman Reigns won this year? Roman. No, it was last year. No, he won last year. Okay. So it was two years with Batista. And then, okay. Did so Roman was, win again this year? No. No. He didn't win two no. years in a so row. So it was Batista, Roman, and who won this year? Triple H. Triple H won. Which, which he won the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, which he's won the Royal Rumble before, right, and he won the title because there because was injuries. Reigns, right, Reigns' championship was on the line right. in the title. And there were so many I injuries, mean, no Cena, no Cesaro, everybody was out. Right. All the way through right. WrestleMania, you know, right. Rollins, everybody's out. Yeah. Which, I don't think the fans were mad about Triple H, because everybody just wanted to see Reigns lose the title at that point. Nobody cared. As long as he lost. As long as he lost, it didn't matter yeah. who won. And I think Triple H was a good bet because people still love Triple H, even if he's a heel. I love Triple H. Yeah. I have no problem with Triple H. Now, but him, th- that's the thing. But him winning the Royal Rumble, basically putting himself over in his own company, I get why he did it. Um, but there are so many superstars, so much talent. Yeah. I want to see somebody come up and grab that brass ring. You well, know what I'm saying? Absolutely. But I mean, I think that the I think that the thing this year, so they they. The WWE pissed people off with the Batista and the Roman Reigns Big thing, time. right? But here's the thing. I mean, you can only blame the WWE fans for this, right? You wanted Reigns to win when <laughs> Batista won. So then they finally <laughs> give it to Reigns and you hate it. So it's like, who's really to blame here? I mean, come on. I feel but, you. I mean, there's no way to please everybody all the time. Right. I just know that the Roman Reigns thing is getting shoved down everybody's throat. Yeah. Um, and it still is. And people still cheer him, but people still love to boo him as well. Exactly. So I think this year, I don't, I don't, the, the good thing is, I don't think there's no one person that everybody's like, we want this guy, like Daniel Bryan was. You know, True. everybody was like, we want Daniel Bryan. And then everybody was like, we don't want Roman Reigns. But right. I don't think we have that person right now, which is good, which means that, you know, the WWE's got some leeway to, push somebody else as long as they don't make it so much of a push like we just know it's coming like Roman Reigns absolutely and I agree with that I don't want to know who's going to win the Royal Rumble I want to see you know I want to see that fight um so Royal Rumble Alamo Dome fantastic we got no mercy coming up in a couple weeks Smackdown only pay-per-view a couple of things happening with that Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt that's always going to be interesting if it finally happens um The Miz which we talked about getting great fire The Miz versus Dolph Ziggler for the Intercontinental Championship Miz defending his title, Dolph Ziggler putting his career on the line. Dude, I'm loving this feud. I, I heard, I did not see SmackDown. I still got to go back and watch it. You got to watch the promo between these two to I set up heard, this match. I heard about the promo. I heard how Ziggler is, you know, kind of defending the fact that, you know, he hasn't won when it counts and that, you know, and, and, and this is me so much. And it's like, for the member, we were talking about this on a podcast because I was asking, what are they doing with Ziggler? Mm-hmm. Because they were putting him in his main event and he's losing. And I'm like, he's pretty much getting jobbed out. But now it's like, it's the perfect story. It Here's is the this big story. time superstar that he just can't win. He can't win. And it's like everybody recognizes it. It's almost like, well, what are you doing here? Like, you can't win a match. And so he's putting his career on the line. I love it, man. This I do, too. Dude. I think that's one of the reasons why we're talking about that poster, where the Miz is on that poster. I think if that that's not the main event, which it's not. Um, that's got to be somewhere not semi-main because you don't want that right before the main event because it's like a come-down match. You go yeah. back up, take it on a roller coaster. That's got to be in the middle of the card, like 9, 9.30, halfway through that pay-per-view. No time limit. Let him go. And just let him go. Is the IC champ, is, a, is the belt on the line? Yeah. Okay. The belt's on the line. And the Miz has had it for over 100 and some days. Yeah. Uh, so that's what he has said. I, I hope, and what do you think? Do you want, 
I kind of want Ziggler to lose because it would create some some surprise. Yeah, but I mean, he they even put it out there. It's like you know, you don't go to SmackDown or you don't go to Raw, you don't go to NXT, you don't go to you know independent promotions. You're done. You your career is over. You know, there's always a way for a storyline for him to fight back and get it back. Yeah, but. I mean, you're expecting now because his career's on the line. You're expecting Ziggler to win because if Ziggler still has a contract, if Ziggler is still going on with the company, you're not. So I don't know. Yeah. That's why I'm like, I'm trying to figure it All out. All right, dude, run with me on this one. So Ziggler loses, his career is over, right? They wait a month or two, give him some time off. Then they make an announcement that they sign Dolph Ziggler back to NXT, and they make him do NXT matches. To like work his way back up, just like a storyline like in the game, story, yeah. WWE 2K17. Right, exactly. It's like a 2K17 game, and they make him work his way back up. He are, he's already gonna have the rapport with the NXT audience, obviously. Absolutely, he's Ziggler, and he works his way back up to the main roster. What do you think about that? As I a love story it. Line? I love it. We need hey, to do that. Yeah, that would be great. We man. got all these people in NXT. We're going off on a tangent right now. We got Samoa Joe. We got Shinsuke Nakamura. We got Austin Aries. We got Bobby Roode. We got the perfect 10, Ty Dillinger. You know, we got No Way, Jose. Still loving that gimmick. Fantastic. We got Asuka. We got a lot of women coming up fighting for that tag team uh, or for the uh, women's title. We got the tag team championship with the revival. Fantastic stuff. Awesome. NXT, by the way, coming to Maryland. Coming to uh, Hartford County, APGFCU Arena. And when you're listening to this, it's uh, Saturday, um, September the 8th or something like that. By the way, got to throw this tangent out there. Our boys, the Baltimore Orioles, are in the wild card game. So when, whenever you're def- you know, thinking of listening to this, the Orioles have a wild card shot. They got to play in Toronto. They got to play the Blue Jays. Boo. But, hey, uh, we're going off on tangents. I love it. And the Ravens deserve to lose to the Raiders. I'm sorry. Uh, they had that whole game. They had a chance to win it in the fourth quarter. But... They blew it. They blew it. I All mean, right, who are you blaming on this? I blame the defense. Look, I said, defense I said, should have held up their own. Definitely. Because I'm like, the Ravens were down two scores. The offense came back. They got those two scores for them. The defense got a hold, man. The and defense that's, that's our defense. That's like right. the second or third yeah. best, if, or first best defense in the entire NFL. You know, we're relying on them guys to hold. And they did a good job for most of the game. But when it when it counted for that stuff, they let right. too much go in the fourth exactly. quarter. Exactly. They really did. Um, I mean, they couldn't hold Crabtree. We're talking about football. It doesn't matter. That it it's doesn't matter. Right. It's football season It's dirty right and now, it's ugly. Right? Exactly. That's right. How about them Cowboys, though? I'm sorry. I'm a Cowboys fan. Hey, hey, hey. we're killing the game You right know what? Now. Hey, you know what? I was in AT&T Stadium. I was in Jerry World, so yeah. that's where my hand. That's where my am <laughs> But, hey, you know what? I'm still a Ravens fan. They're 3-1. and one. And good good luck to the Orioles. You Dude, know, hopefully they do it. Can I ask you something? I don't watch baseball. Weren't the Orioles, like, doing really well in the beginning? Dude, we were so – we were, like, five, six games ahead for the good first half of the season as far as the standings go. Yeah. And then the second half of the season, uh, towards, you know, uh, July, August, and even August into most of August and a little bit of September, we went down. We went down almost in the second place. In the second place in the division, third place in the division, and barely holding on to a wild card spot. Wow. So uh, we came back fighting strong at the end, though. And uh, we definitely have a good team, and we have a chance to – it's a one-game playoff. All right. We're going off a tangent. We're going to get to the Corey Bush interview. We're going to wrap this thing up in a minute to go to the Corey Bush interview. So do not go away. This is not a break, but I want to, I want to say this. So it comes down. There's three divisions in each National League and American League. All right? Yeah. So you got your three winners. And then you have a wild card game between numbers four and five, basically, to see who's going to have that fourth spot. Yeah. So here's the deal. They, the wild card plays one game. So it's just like football. Yeah. One freaking game. Pardon my, I'm sorry. One game. And then the winner of that moves on to play, uh, you know, there's four teams left. Then they play a two, like a three out of five series. And then you go on to a championship series is four out of seven. And the World Series is four out of seven. So 
Dude, one game after 162 games after six months of playing baseball. And you get one, this one game, chance. I think the wild card needs to be at least two out of three. I would agree. That seems fair. I think you need to play it in the, the stadium that wins home team advantage. Get you play all three games there. I get that. I don't. I don't mind that. But you need two out of three. I, I would agree You cannot put an entire baseball season on one game. I don't believe it. So tell me, how do we look against the Toronto Blue Jays? I mean, are they good? Blue Jays have sucked in September. Let's put it that way. They're a decent team. They've been holding their own all year long. But they were terrible in September. Um, so they just went against Boston, and they beat Boston in their last game of the season. But they've been terrible in September. So I think... If we stand up right now, team to team, where it's been in the past month, the Orioles have the advantage. If we stand up team to team statistically, they have the advantage. So it's a it's a flip of the coin. Um, I'm gonna watch it. It's gonna be fun, and we're we're talking about everything on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast. Let's put this over. No mercy. Uh, SmackDown pay per view. Heath Slater and Rhino. Love it. They're tag team champions. I love that he can feed his kids. I want that T-shirt that says I got kids. Um, <laughs> and they're taking on the Usos. Big time heel. Big time change in costume, outfit, big time change in music. Heel, love they it. Did, they did this successfully. Sometimes it doesn't work. It works for the Usos. They can do the heel thing. I'm loving it. I didn't know how they were going to make the transition. They're I'm lo- great. They're, I'm loving they're it. They're better than the freaking, what is it, Shining Star, Shooting Stars? Uh, Who are these guys? I mean, they're, they're primo literally. and okay. epico. Right, they were the Los Conquistadors. What the hell was it? The Los, Los Matadors. Matadors. Let me say something. How do you make a wrestling gimmick out of being... A, a timeshare salesman. Like, <laughs> That's something that I feel, feel like that could be the Brooklyn Brawler. Like, he'll tell you, like, go cut a promo with that mop. He could have been, like, in the back in the pre-tape room saying, hey, you know, here's a brochure for a timeshare. Cut a promo on this. And somebody looked at that and said... That's money. Right, yeah. That. <laughs> that's something for live events, and that's something for a filler when you need somebody to go out there and get squashed, even though they've been getting over on Enzo and Cass. What the hell? Dude. Pardon my language. It, but here's the thing. So, I, I, I personally, I didn't know what they were at first until I actually heard someone say that they're timeshare salesmen. <laughs> Have they actually tried to do a promo where they sell a timeshare? Because I haven't heard them. I don't know about promos, like, specifically, but when they, you know, have their entrance and they come out and they do that little box, that little picture-in-picture at the bottom of the screen, then they say, come to Puerto Rico. What the, what the, come on. Right, yeah. I don't want to go to Puerto Rico. Right, because I mean, I've been to Puerto Rico, and it's like, listen, I've been, I'm done, all right? (laughs) This is a fantastic podcast. Look. You know, we're going to wrap this thing up because I know we've been talking, but, you know, we got to get to the Corey Bush interview. We're going to have a lot more interviews on here. Um, when we're, we're on iTunes now. Subscribe, subscribe. Definitely go to SoundCloud. Follow. There's so many ways to find us now. Uh, the more hits we get, the more listens we get. Communicate with us. Tell us what you want to hear. Um, also, so, yeah, that's tag team title match. Uh, Becky Lynch defending the Women's Championship of SmackDown against Alexa Bliss. Love Becky Lynch. Alexa Bliss is getting a lot of fire underneath of her. That's great. There's a lot of women in that division, yeah. so we can hey, see a lot of stuff. she can go, man. I didn't even realize she's that. She's tiny. Yeah, she's tiny, but she can go. That's right. Yeah. She has a big bite, and I don't want to know about it. But um, got a triple threat match for the uh, WWE World Championship. AJ Styles, the champion, loving that, defending against Dean Ambrose and John Cena in a triple threat match, and I'm actually excited. John Cena went on Talking Smack, which is that show they do after SmackDown yeah. Live, and he basically went on there and shot. Like, shot for real, like for 10 minutes. And uh, he took the microphone, and it was not in gimmick, not in character. He just shot. And he was like, man, I'm getting up there. You know, I've been in this business a long time. I want to be the 16-time champion. But, yeah, you know what? 
I, I do other things. I am a part-time player. I'm out there doing other things for the WWE. And what is Dean Ambrose doing? He's not doing anything. And what AJ Styles, he's as good as he says he is, and he's got to jump up and take my spot. It was a shoot. It was great. I got to watch it. Hey, gotta I keep hearing, listen, everybody keeps telling me that Talking Smack is like the must-see show these days. I agree like, with that. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna have to watch it because I didn't check that out. Um, but we talked about that on last podcast that Cena is a part-time player now. Um, he's doing, he has other obligations. He is getting older. So my final question before we segue into this exclusive interview of Corey Bush. The weight of the world. The weight of the world. Um, my final question, do you think that Cena should pass or tie Flair's record? Tie, yes. Pass, no. Okay. Um, I don't, you know what, for historical purposes, I don't think they'll do it. I don't think Flair would be very happy. Now, Flair has been all over winning championships, you know, over a long period of time. Cena went, got to 15 quicker than Flair did. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, but the business moves a lot faster these days. Right. And Flair was wrestling for 30 plus years. So, uh, should he pass? Should it all be about the Flair thing? I don't know. 15 times is a a lot of time, but you got to lose 15 times too. So I like that he's a part-time player. Will he, because it's just like Brock Lesnar, he's an attraction now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they got that attraction kind of thing going, like where Brock Lesnar is, is an attraction. John Cena is an attraction. Raw doesn't really have that big-time, part-time attraction like that. Now, wait, Undertaker, still out there in the midst. You never know where he, and he might show up on Raw. He might show up on SmackDown. You know, you got to show up somewhere to go uh, towards WrestleMania next year. Yeah, I feel like definitely with Undertaker, he's more of a raw player. We know he was a staple of SmackDown back during the original brand split. Yeah. But I think because of his star power, they put him on Raw, considering Raw already has Lesnar and Cena. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, SmackDown SmackDown already has Lesnar and Cena. Huge. It would probably be a bit much to put Undertaker also on SmackDown. I agree with that. And they don't want to overstack one show. You right. know, you do need star apparel on the other show. And, and, I mean, Raw being your flagship show, honestly, I was shocked that SmackDown got Lesnar and Cena. Because, you know, Vince, we know Vince loves Raw. He cares about Raw. That's his flagship show. Right. It's the three-hour show. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm saying Undertaker take, take probably definitely go to Raw for sure. But in the end, it's like, would it matter? I mean, Taker wrestles once a year. so That's one, right. Once or twice a year. So either way, he's not contributing no matter what, really. I, I still like the brand split. I think they're getting a little, I don't want to say lazy with it, but, I mean, they just got to keep coming up with new ideas. Watch Talking Smack. I mean, that's good. Uh, I do like the new different camera angles in SmackDown. Raw has kind of lost a little bit of an edge right now for the most part. Raw's decent, but it's not as good as it could be. Right, yeah. Smack, and this is exactly what we figured when we were going into a brand split was that SmackDown was going to be the better Take show. Take over for a it was going to, Yeah, it was definitely going to be a better show. Because I remember everybody was saying, and this is what was rumors, we talked about it, SmackDown was going to be a wrestling show. You know, yeah. that was going to be a show where the, the guys that were on the come up we're, we're going to like really put on a great wrestling match. And essentially, that's what's happening. It it's is. the guys that, you know, everybody wanted to see more of. They're doing it on SmackDown, you know. And Raw is just your usual flagship Raw show. It is. Um, and it's not, I mean, it's not bad. It's just they need to, they need to push the envelope right. a little bit. And, and I feel like Raw has the bigger obligation, too, because they are a three-hour show. They've got to keep the attention. I mean, that's, that's still where, a long program. 
and you have half the roster. Right, and that's where the cruiserweights are coming in, and I think I like that because there's one or two cruiserweight segments to show they change the ropes, they change the ring apron, they change the lighting, they make it a different feel, so I kind of like that. All right, one more tangent, and then we're going to get to this Corey Bush interview, so do not go anywhere because we're going to take a small break and go to the Corey Bush interview. Here's a tangent. Monday night, I was watching a little bit of Raw. I was watching a little bit of Monday Night Football. Here's what I was watching. I was watching what I want to see. At Hell in a Cell or at WrestleMania. I want to see Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton one-on-one to settle the score. Because this was not a political debate. This was a mine's bigger than yours kind of thing. It was you don't pay your taxes. You don't like this. You don't do that. Oh, what are you going to do for the country? Oh, by the way, let me interrupt. Oh, my God. That was, I felt bad for the moderator. I yeah. felt bad for the moderator because he could not control that thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, not to get too political, I mean, but it really wasn't a political debate. <laughs> so, but you know, the funny thing is Steve Lombardi said he was voting for Trump, right? And Jericho echoed it with, he's one of us. So they could go in the ring. Trump is one of them, all right? He's Trump, one of the boys. <laughs> that's right. He is one of the boys. He hosted a couple of WrestleManias. He's been involved in WrestleManias. Uh, you know, him and Vince are tight. I, I, yeah, I could see Vince, like, running for the country. But you know what? I don't know. We're not going to get political on you. But if you want to talk politics. Oh, Linda McMahon did. She ran for some political She office. ran for governor or, or uh, senator, senator or something. I think senator. Like some state senator. Yeah, I don't think like she that. ever got it. But nah, yeah. she didn't. But, hey, yeah. if Vince ran the country, I mean, he's, like, 70. So, But he's going to live until he's, like, 180. Yeah. So, I mean, come on now. But anyway, look, hey, thank you for listening to our rambling, our psychotic rambling. This is great. This is what the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast is all about. And our debut on iTunes, like we've had all of our archived episodes on there, but this is the first time that we're putting a new episode up on iTunes. Um, we're just talking smack. We're, we're talking wrestling. Right. We're shooting a breeze. Yes. And that's all we're doing. We're shooting. We want you guys to talk with us, man. Like we know you guys watch wrestling. We know you have opinions. You're watching what's going on. Please hit us up on Facebook, Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast on Facebook. That's right. Hit us up on the uh, email, DirtyUglyWrestling at gmail.com. Um, we'll Pardon. talk about something, man. If you tell us, like, hey, I want y'all to address this, we'll address it on here. We'll give you a shout-out. We appreciate the support. That's right. Thank you for our followers and subscribers on uh, SoundCloud. You guys have been great. Um, a lot of you guys see been with us from the beginning, so we thank you guys for listening. We've had all of our archived episodes. There's over hundreds of listens, uh, you know, to some of them in total, hundreds, almost thousands listens. Yes. And that's fantastic. We certainly appreciate it. Um, oh, by the way, real quick, EWA, Last Rights, which is our next show. There's going to be a casket match involved. That's awesome. Maryland's only wrestling casket match. Fantastic. Saturday, October 22nd, Tall Cedars Hall in Parkville, that, Maryland. That's a big deal because you don't even see casket matches in the WWE anymore. Yep. I'm excited to see this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. We have this huge EWA casket. It's fantastic. Um, we've had casket matches the last couple years. Evolution was a great show. We have a new EWA heavyweight champion and hashtag Pat Anthony. We have the man, uh, Joey Badami, who pulled down the briefcase, and he is the Evolution contract winner, so he can challenge anytime in the next year for an EWA title. Um, I know we go off on tangents. We're going to get to Corey Bush. I know but you got one more. I do got something to say. I, mean, I got to talk about Evolution for one second, man. First off, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Jeff, Jeff Wayman, because did you see the, the bump he took when he went over the ladder into a leg drop? Off the road. Sean Wayman. Sean Wayman, yes, I'm sorry. Sorry, that's all right. Sean Wayman, yes, uh, that was sick. That was one of the many uh, fantastic... I was thinking about Jeff Hardy. Because he's a Jeff Hardy fan. That's right, and he is a Jeff Hardy fan, and that's right. And see, (laughs) he got to live out one of his fantasies right there, and he did it, and it was great. And uh, there was uh, so much going on in that match, so much going on when CZW beat 
um, supremacy in the six-man tag team match. It was fantastic. You know, a mixed tag team match where Jason Drake and Rizzo got their uh, comeuppance. They got over on uh, Hashtag Pat Anthony and Violet, um, even though Hashtag Pat Anthony did come back to win the championship later yeah. on. Uh, DJ Hyde and CZW, guys, uh, fantastic all night long. Um, it was a great match. Even Tony Mako, man, in the first match against the Hungarian hero, your Hungarian hero, Laszlo. That was awesome. He took a backdrop from one ring all the way into the other. I missed it. You weren't there for that I, I match. Was late. I'm but let sorry. me tell you something. The Hungarian hero and these guys from CZW and also Tony Mako coming up in EWA. Fantastic stuff. Look, we've been rambling. We got to go. Hey, check it out. Hey, look. Stay tuned, because coming up next on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast is Corey Bush, the weight of the world. You don't want to miss this interview. Can I say one more thing? You can. One more thing. Do it. How do you think hashtag Pat Anthony winning the championship is going to affect supremacy? Here's a picture of this. Check out check out Wrestling in Maryland. There's pictures of this. Check out Big League Photography. Check out CZW Studios and check out EWA Maryland for merchandise. There's a picture that sums up my answer. There's TJ Sykes sitting in the corner, sitting with his hands on his head and his elbows on his knees with his head buried in his hands. I loved it. And it's a black and white picture. And there is all this thing. It's like, this is the point where TJ Sykes knows he messed up. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel. it, It might break apart supremacy. It's the beginning of the kindling of the an implosion of supremacy and I'm just so happy that TJ Sykes is not the champion anymore and I gotta tell you Desert Storm is coming after him TJ Sykes is still messing with him Desert Storm's coming after him for President 16 that's right Storm Cruz you know what write it in write it in you don't want Trump you don't want Hillary write in Desert Storm and Apollo Cruz and I'll I'll do it you know they could be our next they got my vote of the United States okay so uh, check it out thank you so much Uh, listen to the interview, and we're going to come uh, with Corey Bush, and we're going to come back with more Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast uh, very soon. You know what I'm saying? I feel you, because we're not right. We're not wrong. We're just fans. Damn. Skip. Corey Bush, up next. This is Dirty Mike here for the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Got a great treat for you on this show. We have returning most recently to EWA Pro Wrestling, and he's also all around the pro wrestling world, and I mean, this man has made a big return in a big way. I can't wait to see what happens next. Most recently at Evolution World War Z in the big double ring, double ladder battle royal. He's been in there with the best of them. He is the weight of the world, Corey Bush. Corey, welcome to Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Here and the time is now for me to shed some light on things that have happened and things that will happen. Dirty Mike, it's good to hear from you, brother. How you been? I've been pretty good, Corey, and uh, it's great to see you back in EWA Pro Wrestling after almost uh, I got almost a year. Actually, it's it's been uh, almost a year. What what have you been doing with yourself? Well, you see, the fact of the matter is, is that I went one on one with TJ Sykes in the cage. I wasted everything that I had on it. It didn't come out my way because I risked just a little bit too much. But then I didn't get the call from EWA. I didn't get the call, and I didn't get the call. And finally, TJ Sykes turned himself into a problem, and I finally, I got the call. You see, EWA apparently had a problem that needs solving, and I guess I'm the uh, penicillin to the poison. 
penicillin to the poison. I kind of like that. Yeah, I was I was shocked myself as far as you know me being the ring announcer at EWA Pro Wrestling and calling out people's names as they were coming into that big double ring, double ladder battle royal. And you walked out, and I'm literally like, holy, you know. And that's you know, heard a couple people saying that in the crowd. That's what I said, and that's what definitely several uh, competitors in the battle royal said. What was your mindset? Uh, coming in, were you coming in to solve a problem? Were you coming in to win the contract or the championship? What was your mindset? To tell you the truth, I'm uh, I'm really sad TJ Sykes didn't hang on to that title. To tell you the truth, I'm sad I wasn't able to get that contract. Steve, I was the very next entrant after TJ Sykes hit the ring for a reason. It was one of the conditions of my return. I came back to look him in the eye just like I looked him in the eye the first time we met in EWA and put the fear back into his chest because I may not have taken that title from him, but I guarantee you still to this day, he feels everything that happened that night and he'll get a chance, if I get a chance, to feel it again in the future. Now, speaking of TJ Sykes, he's not my favorite person in the world. I'm not quite sure if you have been following EWA Pro Wrestling since you have been gone, but TJ Sykes and this group's supremacy that he likes to be a part of, um, they, they, they've taken their liberties on Racy Hawkins, you know, a gentleman in a wheelchair. They've taken their liberties on me as a ring announcer, super kicking me in the face. Um, you know, so I definitely, I, I mean, do you have a personal war against TJ Sykes to finish? Do you have any feelings towards this supremacy thing that's going on in EWA Pro Wrestling? Now, Mikey, you were there for my whole stint when I walked through the door, were you not? Absolutely. You watched me walk from the very bottom of the ladder all the way up and into the ring with TJ Sykes during what he thought at that time would be the biggest match of his career against Desert Storm in the I Quit match. Now, why? Why did I do that? I've never been asked that before, but now is a good time as any to answer it. You see, I thought I was a pretty talented performer, a pretty good wrestler, and a damn good fighter when I walked into EWA. But my first couple of matches, I thought I was taken as a joke. I got put in there with a mime. I got put in there with a clown. I got put in there with a caveman. EWA wasn't taking me seriously now. If you're a man of my dimensions, of my stature... And my messed up mindset, you do not sit back and wait for doors to open for you because they never will. So one by one, I walked up and then pulled through every champion EWA had until I came to TJ Sykes. And TJ Sykes was the first man to stand in that ring with me and fight. And we got in there and he gave me one of the best fights I've had in my entire 11 year career. But what happened? We stepped into that cage, he fought, he fought his heart out, and that's exactly what happened. Because ever since then, I've watched everything he's done, and he's lost the one thing that gave him the power to beat me, and that was his heart. Now, I've watched what happened to Ray Hawkins, and I've watched what happens to you. Every single one of those men that I ran through and ran over was champion. They were the best of the best. They were capable of defending themselves. They were capable of walking out there and taking on the best EWA had to offer. And I went out and ran through them because I needed people to pay attention. Now, I got TJ Sykes' attention when I stole that win from him against Desert Storm. He may have won that match and retained that title, 
but I needed him to feel in that heart of heart of his that I won, and he didn't, and he wasn't going to get his redemption because I needed to bait the EWA heavyweight champion into a fight with me. So at the time, people weren't happy about the things that I was doing. People didn't like the way I was going about stuff, but I got what I was hunting to get, and that was an opportunity. Now, at Evolution last year, me and him went toe-to-toe in a match of the year candidate. That's right. And what did you think, Mikey D? Did I take EWA's very best man to his limit? You wanted people to pay attention. You did it. You wanted TJ Sykes to pay attention. You did it. That that was a war that TJ Sykes barely came out of. Uh, He was definitely not unscathed. He barely walked out. He barely walked out at all. Um, Your wars at Evolution, your wars at Rage in the Cage, and you definitely have people paying attention. That's why when you were gone, you know, there was the the rumbling of what happened to Corey Bush? Where did Corey Bush go? And then when you came back at Evolution this year, you made people pay attention. So... No, you did not win the Evolution. You made an impact. You did not win the Evolution Battle Royal, but you made an impact. And now, EWA Pro Wrestling, TJ Sykes has lost the title. In my opinion, he has lost his heart. So what have you done and what can you do? I I honestly want to see the weight of the world come down on TJ Sykes. I want to see it come down on supremacy. And that's what I want to see happen in the very near future with EWA Pro Wrestling. That's, uh, that's the interesting thing about how things turn out. You see, when me and TJ Sykes walked into Evolution last year, he left with the title, but I won that match. And what was I going to do? All that did was earn me a slot on the next EWA show, but it wasn't against him, which means it wasn't good enough for me. So what did I do? I took the Maryland Championship from Bill Ward, and I took the only trinket EWA has that TJ Sykes hadn't won yet, and I baited him into a second fight in the cage. And in that cage, I did something that in 10 years I had never done. I went to the top rope because I didn't just want to end TJ's championship reign. I didn't just want to win a match. I wanted to prove a message not to TJ Sykes, not to EWA, not just to the wrestling community, but to the entire world that I would do what it takes to be the best and to beat the best. Now, I wagered a little bit too much. I guess I was a little too slow. Maybe I didn't hit him quite hard enough. But at the end of that match, he likes to believe that he was the best showman in EWA. But I didn't hear people talking about TJ Sykes becoming grand champion. I heard people talking about how Corey Bush flew through the air and maybe crashed a little too hard. That was step one of what I saw happening. I saw TJ Sykes lost a little bit of that spotlight he loved so much. And then the very next time we see T.J. Sykes, they take that belt away from him. They tell him that the bylaws don't work and he can't be both champions. And I knew then, I knew in that moment, he had broken. I knew in that moment that something was going to happen very soon. I did not know what or when, but I knew he couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle the pressure. Not after what Desert Storm had done, not after what I had done. Now, me and Desert Storm are very different people. He wanted to make this personal with TJ Sykes. For me, it was purely professional. But the problem is, you see, if you, you make your own way and you call your own shots, if you don't win, you got to pay the penalty. And so EWA didn't give me the call. And they didn't want me running loose. They didn't want me to do what I wanted to do and what I can do, which is take over a building. So I sat and I waited 
and the second TJ Sykes kicked Ray Hawkins, I knew it was just a matter of time. You see, that, along with him threatening you, along with him talking down on all EWA, started a ticking clock. Now, um, I can't tell you the name of the chemical that is in, that goes in to somebody's body when they get chemotherapy, but I know that it's poison. It makes your hair fall out. It makes you weak. It makes it hard to exist. But sometimes you've got to inject a little poison into your veins if you're going to cure cancer. So EWA called me, and they gave me everything I asked for. I want a one-way ticket to TJ Sykes because I'll give Pat Anthony all the due he deserves. He climbed the ladder. He grabbed the title. He is now the champion. But for me, I believe Pat Anthony will be shaking at the knees if he has to stand across the ring from the weight of the world. I believe the Dark Horses will be shaking at the knees if they have to stand across the ring from the weight of the world. I believe Mr. Jones will be quaking at the knees if he has to stand across the ring from the weight of the world. But T.J. Sykes, no, no, no. He knows what that's like. He knows what that's about. And since I've been gone, he has grown quite cold. Hasn't he, Mikey D? I agree. Uh, that's, I, I agree 100%. And that, uh, that, that stripping him of the EWA Maryland Championship that he lost, uh, basically, he didn't lose it. I mean, it got taken from him, but you had that EWA Maryland Championship. You earned that EWA Maryland Championship. And that war in the cage, that rage in the cage last year where... You did take the ultimate risk, and you did put everything on the line, and TJ came out barely, and that title got taken away from him. That was the first, I believe, one of the first steps in TJ Sykes' downfall, his demise, and it was only a matter of time before the ultimate piece of his destruction, which is you, and this is what I honestly believe. It's going to take people like Corey Bush, the weight of the world. It's going to take people like the EWA country. I know, you know, you don't necessarily represent maybe the EWA country. Maybe you do. You represent yourself. You are the weight of the world and you definitely have an impact to make and it is not over. I, I definitely see you coming back. I, I hope you are coming back. I hope this just was not a one-time thing. I hope that they gave you the call. You, you got everything you wanted and I hope that it is not the last time that we see Corey Bush taking on. I want to see you Squash supremacy. That's what I want to see. I want to see you take back what's rightfully yours. And honestly, honestly, sometime in the near future, I would love to see you take another shot at that EWA Heavyweight Championship. Mike D, you see that? Uh, that's interesting how the wheels turn. Because didn't didn't supremacy form because the Dark Horses and TJ Sykes, maybe even Pat Anthony, felt like things were taken from them. TJ Sykes, the belt was taken from him. The Dark Horses' opportunities were taken from them. And so they decided that they were going to change the rules and just start beating people up and doing what they wanted because things were taken from them. Well, the one thing that is different about me and the other people in EWA is that I will openly, outright, and to their face say, I am the taker. I am the one who comes and gets what you want. I am the one who will pry it from your hands, raise it in the air, and call it mine. And if anybody doubts it, ask Bill Ward. I've done it to him twice. Now, I've never been one to play nice for nice sake, but there's one thing I did see at World War Z. You see, EWA is still growing. It's a great company, but it's still growing. Things are still changing. They're still trying to figure out who they are. But CZW, on the other hand, walked into our doors, walked into 
the arena of EWA. DJ Hyde himself said that TJ Sykes had a respect problem and that he would solve it. And the entire wrestling universe saw what happened. DZW stood toe-to-toe with Supremacy, and Supremacy fell. And that, part and parcel, is the reason TJ Sykes is no longer the heavyweight champion. CZW had a big part to do with it. That's absolutely true. So they came in and basically took the reins and did what necessarily EWA country could not do on their own. And you're right, EWA is continuing to grow. And CZW, you know, they had a big part in, um, you know, what happened at uh, Evolution World War Z, CZWstudios.com. You're going to be able to see all of it also on EWAMaryland.com. Sorry, shameless plug. That's what I do. But um, I I completely see where you're coming from. And then, you know, the reintroduction of Nyla Rose, the introduction of CZW, the reintroduction of the weight of the world, Corey Bush, as EWA continues to grow, do you grow with it or do you grow in your own in your own skin and do you come in and do you take over the building do you take over the company do you become your own supremacy what happens with Corey Bush the weight of the world you saw from the day that I walked in that I will take over run through and do what I have to do to get what I feel I deserve now does that mean I get a title shot every show I don't know does that mean that I get center stage and center booking. I'm not TJ Sykes. I'm not about asking for the spotlight. I'm about doing the things that people talk about. Now, DZW, doing all that they did really only just put a shot in the arm of supremacy. You see, they still hold the titles. They still have control over the way things work. But I'm not going to wait for CZW to come in and solve our problems because lo and behold, that happens. They could be the next problem that we have it is time for ewa to decide whether or not they are ready to fight for themselves because i damn sure know that i myself am going to find a way to get inside tj sykes head i'm going to find a way to get inside of the minds of supremacy just because i want to you see i have been around for a while and i do not like that one of the headlining things on my career is that I lost at Rage in the Cage to TJ Sykes, that I risked it all and lost it all to a guy I know in my heart I can beat. And then I watched him. I watched him crumble internally. I've watched him take the easy way out. I have watched him use backup and extra people and extra circumstances to get what he wants and this was the man that is supposed to be called the greatest champion in EWA's history. TJ Sykes, you have lost your championship, and now you have lost your luster. And to me, after seeing what's happened since I've been gone, I have lost my respect for you. When I wanted to take something from you, I walked out, stared you in the face, smacked you in the mouth, and took it. You waited and waited until you had extra people and you had people that couldn't defend themselves like Ray C. Hawkins and all due respect to you, Mikey D, like people that can't handle two-on-one and three-on-one situations, beating up security guards and running down EWA. Now, to me, EWA could be a place I call home. It could just be another set of letters. 
But what it is for me is an opportunity to once again stand in a ring, look TJ Sykes in the eye, smack him in the mouth, and take something that he wants. I will do that. I will find a way to get that opportunity. I will find a way to be the man that puts TJ Sykes back where he belongs. And the best part about it is that every time I've walked into EWA before and I've raised my hand in the air and I have yelled way to the world and I have ended a match, there has been controversy and there have been people upset. But the one thing I know for sure is that now, one way or another, there will come a day where TJ Sykes is flat on that mat, where the straps come off of my shoulders, where the audience in one unified voice screams out, weight of the world. And I put an end to the question in EWA of who is the better man between Corey Bush and TJ Sykes. That... My God is my witness. I will do that or I will leave EWA again. Well, hopefully we don't see that because there was definitely something missing um, when you were gone from EWA and definitely uh, when you, you know, call out, you know, what's my name? Everybody knows your name now. Everybody knows exactly who you are. And you're right. You, every time you have come in, you have made an impact. Every time you have come in, um, you have, you know, got controversy behind you. But I think you bring the controversy, but you also bring uh, the passion. You bring, you, you know, the, the excitement. You know, that's something that wrestling fans, professional wrestling fans, EWA pro, uh, pro wrestling fans, they want to see it. Um, and I hope they do get to see it. Coming up at Last Rights in October, which uh, we're definitely going to talk more about. Also, Rage in the Cage, again, a yearly thing, comes up in January. I want to I change gears just a little bit on you, Corey. I do appreciate you calling into the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. But mentioning coming into EWA, you don't want it to be just another set of letters. You, you want it to be a place where you may call home, where you may, uh, may you know, make more of an impact. What, where else do you, I mean, where else does the weight of the world, I mean, I know we can see you all over the place uh, as far as professional wrestling companies. Tell us a little bit more about Corey Bush outside of EWA. Uh, well, let's see here. I, um, back in 2005, a month before I graduated high school, I signed up at the House of Pain in Hagerstown, Maryland. And that was run at the time by John Rambo. And he was running out of that league, the House of Pain Wrestling Federation. And then their parent league was the National Wrestling Company, run by Neil Karakoff in memory of Dick Karakoff, or run by Dick Karakoff in memory of Neil Karakoff, who passed away. Right. And I spent five years, every Tuesday and every Saturday, banging around with anybody who would come up on I-81 or come across I-70 if I could find him and I could get in there with him, I would bang around. Guys like Brandon Scott, guys like Robbie Page, guys like Chris Klein, um, guys like uh, Doink the Clown came through. Um, people, anybody I could get my hands on. And after about four or five years there, it was time for me to hit the road and find out how good I really was. And so I started that by going so far outside of my comfort zone that I could find out from scratch, from day one, whether or not I knew what I was doing, and that landed me at Ground Zero Wrestling based out of Richmond, Virginia. And being Ground Zero Wrestling over the past five years, I have amassed the Ground Zero Wrestling Tag Team Championship, the Ground Zero Wrestling Television Championship, the Ground Zero Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. I am the first and only GXW Hardcore Champion, and I am currently the reigning and defending GXW United States Championship 
and I still hold that one day I will get my rematch for the GXW heavyweight title against Gunner, formerly from TNA. I was topped by that man one time, and it is a chip that will not leave my shoulder until I find a way to avenge that loss. Now, besides there, I have just recently signed a few dates for Adrenaline Championship Wrestling that also runs out of Maryland. I have performed in shows for WXWC4 in Allentown, Pennsylvania. I have gone as far south as Jacksonville, Florida, but it was, God forgive me, I can't remember the place that I wrestled for. Um, you can also find me for Fight, uh, Fight Wrestling Promotion, which next Friday will be in Martinsburg, West Virginia. Um, I, I will go anywhere where I can find a fight that'll have me. You see the differences, and, and it, it's the way of the business these days. I am not what you call a cookie-cutter type of guy. Everybody knows it. As a matter of fact, I almost pride myself on it. You see, I am bringing the belly back to professional wrestling. Guys like Bam Bam Bigelow and Yokozuna used to be revered. Now, am I either one of those two men? Only time will tell. That's not for me to say. But I know that I am one of the realist and actual people in professional wrestling, the things I can do, I do do. And the one thing I know I can do is make an audience jar in their seats. When I take my 400-pound frame and smash into another human being, there is nothing in this world more real than that. You can't change gravity. That's that's a very good point, and that's something that I wanted to ask you. It, you know, when when you come into EWA and and when you see those opponents, you know, there's been very very few that have actually stood up to you, like you had mentioned. You know, is it hard to find opponents? I mean, when you come into a wrestling organization, do people just, uh, you know, as far as people booking you or people, you know, taking you on or putting you in a spot? I mean, it just seems like you come in and you just make your impact. You take your spot. And I don't want to say that, you know, you're you're coming and doing everything that's best for you. You do what works for the company as well, but is it hard to find opponents? I mean, does it, is it hard for people to, to find a way to find a, get in the ring with you? Because you're, I mean, you're just such a, you, like you said, you're, you're a big guy. You didn't want to, you know, Yokozuna, Bam Bam Bigelow. I know a lot of people, when they look at the run sheet, say, oh, this is what you're facing today. It's like, ah, no, I really don't want to do that because I'm going to, not for lack of a better term, get squashed. I mean, is that challenging for you? It's a hardship that I have because if you haven't seen what I can do, if you haven't seen what I've been capable of on paper, I look like a lot of other people who do not have the passion that I have. I can get in there and do everything I need to do to bring people out of their seats. And if I can't, and you know better than me how, I am more than happy to listen. But there are two types of guys. There are the guys that take a look at me and say, I might get hurt or he's not good enough. And then there's everyone else who finds out one way or another that it is true I can hurt you, but that I am damn sure good enough. I stood in the ring with some of the best wrestlers in this business that I could find and get my hands on. And any of the others that I haven't got my hands on yet either have never met me or don't want to stand in there with me. And I don't blame them. Because, see, whether you are on your first day or you have worked a career for 50 years... You'll run the risk of your time being up when you step in the ring with Corey Bush. The weight of the world is one of, if not the most, dangerous weapons in professional wrestling today. 
And if I hit it, that is the end of the ball game. That is the end of the night. And that is possibly the end of your ability to take a deep breath in this life. So what's interesting about that is definitely the weight of the world, the, the big splash that you hit when uh, your opponent is on the ground, and uh, you know whether you take the strap down or bow strap, you know whatever the case may be. If you if you jump up and you land on somebody, definitely it's over. But I've seen you work in the ring. I mean, you definitely have a a, a psychology, a strategy about you. You take your time. You're you're not just a one you know one hit wonder for you know uh, lack of a better term. You definitely have other things in your arsenal. I mean, I, I'm a, for God's sakes, you know we. Talk talked about it earlier you know you are willing to climb to the top of rope top, top of the cage and top of the ropes and 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 jump and uh you know you for for a pound now if i may i mean well over 400 pounds that's what i bill you at i mean you can move around pretty well for well over 400 pounds i've seen you in the training center i've seen you in the ring um you definitely can get around and that's good do you have the passion for the business i know you have are you a fan of the business outside of what you do I think uh, a lot of times in the business that you become a little jaded. Like once you once you get into it and you train to do it, it is hard for you to watch anything that you don't put yourself into. Um, like any match you watch or any situation you see, it goes through your mind. I would have done this, or I could do this, or if I was a part of this, this would happen. I, I watch everything I can get my hands on. I live in kind of the stone age, and I, I kind of like it that way. Except for my phone, I don't have cable don't have the internet. I, I have only my phone to keep track of my dates and things like that. So I pick up on what's sent to me. I pick up on what comes across on my social media account. And I keep up with the business as much as I can. But I, for me, it's not as much about, I mean, I, I, earlier in my career, I did a lot of studying and I try to do as much as I can now. But for me, it's about eyeing up a guy and saying, what's possible? For someone like T.J. Sykes, for example, who was the best athlete in EWA when I walked in there, the sky was the limit. I knew that he could bring everything in his arsenal against me except for to pick me up off the ground. And for a lot of guys... Didn't he try? Didn't he try to do that? And he failed? Didn't he try at some point to try to get you off your feet like that? No, no, no. He's always been way too smart for that. He's never one time tried to pick me up, although I will admit... In our first match at Evolution, when I made the mistake of going up twice and trying to send him off the top rope of the superplex, I took a fall harder than most I've ever taken. And hopefully I'm smart enough to learn from that mistake. But no, 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 no. The one credit I will give TJ Sykes then and now is he has always been one of the most cunning people I've ever been in the ring with. And that's how he finds ways to put his boot across my face. But by the same token, that's how I found ways to catch him and his ego, thinking that's going to be enough. That's absolutely true. Um, I wanted to uh, elaborate a little bit on uh, your interest of the business outside and you say you you kind of live in the stone age but you watch anything you can get your hands on do you have uh, you mentioned bam bam bigelow and yokozuna do you have a favorite wrestler or a favorite influence uh growing up or even now uh, as you're in the business oh well that's um you see that's kind of ironic when i was a kid and i was watching wrestling i liked people who could do things that i don't do now i was back when i was real small hulk hogan was the man and I was born a little after his time, but he was the man. He was everything. It was that ability to take whatever beating necessary and just keep getting back up and making things happen. And then as I grew a little older and 
in your teenage years, you become rebellious. I was lucky enough to roll on to the original ECW. Oh, yeah. That's when I started to see guys like Rey Mysterio and Rob Van Dam and these people who did things I didn't even know humans could do. Like, and then it grew a little further because those guys moved on to other places and met people like Jeff Hardy and things like that. And it, was, it wasn't so much the aerial acrobatics. It was often the same flies of the air. But it was the willingness to just car wreck your body, to just say, whatever's happening is going to happen and go for it. Now, maybe a small piece of that was in my head when I decided it was a good idea to go to the top rope for the first time. Yeah, a little bit of Mick Foley on top of the Helen Cell, a little bit of Jimmy Snook on top of the cage. You, 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 you touched that button because that was the next place I was going to go. And then Mick Foley came around, and Mankind became Cactus Jack, became Dude Love, became Cactus Jack, became Mankind, and then settled back as being the person he started out to begin with, Mick Foley. I got the opportunity several years back to meet him. He did a, uh, he did a book signing in Hagerstown, but his first championship win, I believe, if I have this correct, his first championship win of his career was against John Rambo, in the NWL for the NWL Heavyweight Championship. And so he came and swung by the school for a quick visit. It was only me and one other wrestler by the name of Egon Ekton that were there to see him besides John Rambo. I got him in to shake his hand and talk to him. I mean, it was a worthwhile experience. I never, I mean, even though I had seen him on TV a lot, I never imagined he was as tall as he was when I met him. Oh, yeah, he's a big dude. He, um, if there is an embodiment of passion, like, he never looked the way he was supposed to look. He never talked the way he was supposed to talk. He never did the things that other people could do, and it never seemed to matter. He found a way to do what he did the best way he could do it, and in such a way that people just, you couldn't help but be captivated by him because you knew he was laying it out there for you. Now, am I the strongest? No. Am I the fastest? No. Am I the most agile or even the the the... the the quickest or the most hasty, no. But I might be the smartest. And I know that when I go out there, I give what I can give, and I take everything I can. Because if you're not going to do that, why bother? If you're not going to give them a reason to be there, why bother? That's why I go out there and take over. That's why I go out there and do whatever I can or whatever I'm able, because if I can't bring you out of your seat or make you drop to your knees, I'm just another member of the pack. Now, whether I stand out for the right reasons or the wrong reasons, i got to do whatever I can to stand out. Because unless things change, you're never going to see Corey Bush doing a backflip. <laughs> no, you, you take everything that you've got, everything that you do, and you do it to the best of your ability. Anything that, uh, you know, as far as your, uh, the mind for the business, your size, you, you do it all, and you make the most of it every time you go out there. I totally agree with that, and you're one of the, the best people to do that. A couple of quick-fire questions before we wrap this thing up. Uh, first bump you ever took, how did it feel? Uh, uh, frightful. Uh, fear. Lots and lots of fear. Because I, um, I played football, I mean, for a long time because my dad was a junior league coach. And so that was... What position did you play? Uh, oh, lineman. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I figured you might be on special teams. I don't know. No, I bet. <laughs> because just like in wrestling, like I, I, I mean, I've been a part of tag teams before, but I prefer to work by myself. I prefer to pass or fail on my own. And so being in a position where I couldn't 
the line, of course, influences the game. Like, the line, of course, like, if you're not winning on the line, you're going to lose the game. But the game's never in your hands. The ball's never in your hands. You're never going to be the one affecting, like, the big situations that happen. But Yeah, but if you're not there being a lineman, if you're not there, then, uh, you know, the other people can't do their job. So uh, it's your, your job not to knock other people on their ass, basically. And it's your job not to get knocked on your ass. So, I, I'm not, you know, as far as you being the weight of the world, Corey Bush, it's been very, very rarely that I've seen you. I mean, because you're a big dude, it's hard to knock you down. But, I mean, that's part of the business. That's what you got to learn how to do. Was that Was that challenging for you to learn that part of the business? Uh, yeah, because, I mean, when you have all this in football that says, like, you're one of the biggest guys on the field, like, if you get put on your back, you're going to be a laughing stock. So that cannot happen. So when I first walked into a wrestling ring and they were like, you have to learn how to fall. Like, if you can't fall, you're going to get killed, and then we won't be able to do anything with you. And that was probably, I feel like there are two major hurdles for people. There's that initial, like, learn how to fall, learn how to move. And then there becomes the second hurdle after you build the muscle memory and you've done drills and things, and that's the mental aspect of it, of learn how to think. Learn how to make your opponent think. Learn how to make the crowd think. Like, right. So that's, I mean, the mental part for me, once somebody, like, turned me onto it, it was like, click, I got it, okay? Like, and then you build upon that. But it took me a good three months of people legitimately just running me over and falling in a ring, and them saying, if you learn to do it right, it won't hurt as much. Like, and then me just like, no, because I just, it was hard. I couldn't loosen my body. I couldn't, like, so after I got tired of hurting, I started doing it right, and then things kind of picked up from there. Once I could do that right, I could do the next thing right, and I just kept going. And that's, uh, you know, uh, that's something that I can I can relate to. You know, I've I, you know I've never I've been a fan of the business all my life, but when I got in there and actually you know trained to be a wrestler, trained to be a referee, uh, you know that's one of the reasons I'm a ring announcer now. My body, uh, you know, is not built for things like that. I mean, I could certainly build it up if I want to, but you know, I took another side of the business. That's why I said it's a lot of important parts of the business. Another quick fire question for you: What is your favorite match of all time that you've ever seen? And then, what is your favorite match? of all time that you've ever been in? Oh, uh, that's, wow. Um, so, man, that's such a big question. Um, it's a big question, but you're, the, you're a big guy. I got to ask the big questions. I, 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 can, I can bring it down to, like, maybe, I, I can bring it down to maybe, like, two or three. I, I, just one of all time. I, like, Go ahead. Not, Give me two or three. I would say, um, uh, Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, the first one, was incredible. WrestleMania 25, absolutely. Incredible. Like, you, you, you took two of the guys who were the very best at what they did, and it was like, you had, you had seen everything that they were doing, but you had never seen that. You had seen them do amazing things with amazing people, but you had never seen that. Like, it was just, they took everything that was everything about who they were and about the business and put it in one place at one time. Um, another one would have to be Austin versus The Rock. Uh, I could really say one, two, or three at WrestleMania, but like just those two guys, you, I never believed, I mean, there was a chemistry there. There was a chemistry there. I mean, it just worked. That's why they did it at three different WrestleManias. On top of that, just, um, I still don't believe that today in their heart of hearts, like, 
when they bring that person back up to the surface, that that person doesn't hate the other guy. Maybe they go to some kind of meeting backstage or something like that where they're brought together for WrestleMania or some legend thing, and they shake hands and they say, how cool was that? But when they make that glance in each other's eyes, when that moment happens, they know there's a part of them on the inside that would fight that guy to the death if they could. Like, you just can't, you can't fake that. I feel like there are certain people in this business that you get in the ring with that there's a, there's a part of you outside of everything to do with wrestling and everything to do with, like, you and that guy need to fight. You, you need to get in there and bang around, and it's just, it becomes a part of you. It becomes a part of who you are. I absolutely agree. Now, as we uh, wind this thing up, it's been a fantastic conversation with the weight of the world, Corey Bush, back in EWA Pro Wrestling. You can find him in GXW. Tell uh, the Dirty Ugly Wrestling listeners where they can find you and how they can find you on uh, social media or anywhere else. Uh, social media, look me up at Corey Bush. I have a Corey Bush like page. I have a Twitter. I've got Instagram. Uh, I never know the, the actual dot-coms of these things, but if you're hungry for me, You'll find me my next event, my next big event. Oh, I'm excited about this one. You see, the man who fell to the monster in the WWE, James Ellsworth, taken down by Braun Strowman, is now coming to GXW to see if he can fare better against the monster that GXW has to offer. And that would be me, the way to the world, Corey Bush. They say every man with two hands has a fighting chance. And my reply would have to be, what happens if I'm standing on those hands? You see, I just can't wait to find out and see if he takes me differently than he took that situation because I feel in my heart of hearts it will end exactly the same way. And I hope everyone who's picked up on him and everyone who's been paying attention to him follows this because I want to be the new sensation when it's all said and done. The story of Ellsworth may not come to an end, but the story of Corey Bush is just beginning. The story of Corey Bush is just beginning. I totally believe that. And I hope uh, for EWA Pro Wrestling's sake that we see you at Last Rides coming up October 22nd at Tall Cedars Hall in Parkville, Maryland. Uh, tickets are on sale for that one right now at EWAMaryland.com. And then January 2017, where uh, the last part of the story of Corey Bush was told earlier this year, Rage in the Cage. We're going to do it all again. Every single match will be in a steel cage on uh, in 2017 in January at EWA Pro Wrestling. Uh, Corey, it's been fantastic talking with you. Uh, definitely uh, this interview may have gone a little longer than we had anticipated it was going, but, I mean, for the weight of the world, it's going to be a big interview. So, uh, you know, uh, it's going to be a fantastic podcast when we get it up there. Uh, what do you have to say to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling listeners or to EWA Pro Wrestling? What are the, the last words we want to hear of Corey Bush? Well, first off, if you came to the Dirty Ugly Podcast, to find out what's happening in the wrestling business, you came to the right place. Mikey D has his finger on the pulse. He's asking the right questions to the right people, so keep tuning in. And as far as EWA is concerned, Mikey D, I can promise you this. If EWA has it in them to let it happen, whether it be TJ Sykes, whether it be Pat Anthony, whether it be the Dark Horses or Mr. Jones, I am coming for supremacy and eventually... Whoever may be the EWA heavyweight champion will have to stand across the ring face-to-face -face with Corey Bush, and I will prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that I was 
am and will continue to be the best in the building when I show up. It has been a pleasure, and I hope that we can do this again soon. I could go all night. The podcast can only be so long. <laughs> well, absolutely. It would be great to have you back. And uh, we're going to get this up on there. So I'm going to share it with you, of course. And uh, I'll put it on your pages and uh, definitely share it up. And anybody who wants to know more about the weight of the world, Corey Bush, you can uh, send your emails to dirtyuglywrestling at gmail.com. Uh, check out our Facebook page at Dirty Ugly Wrestling on Facebook. And we're going to be uh, not only on SoundCloud, on YouTube, but we're also getting su- too big. We're getting so big. We got the weight of the world now. We're going to be on iTunes sometime soon, so we're getting it out there. So, Corey Bush, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it, and we'll see you soon. All right, my pleasure. You take it easy now, and remember, every time you lift one hand in the air, cross them fingers, and the weight of the world will be with you. Damn right.